Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 12 of the Sex Cells podcast. A dozen, dozen through. Um, please click follow or subscribe if you haven't already. Give us a share on Instagram stories or uh, whatever social media platform is the platform of your choice. Share us on Tinder. I don't know how, <laughs> but do it. Actually, this would be a great one to share on Tinder. It probably would. To a match, you know, just... Um, We've talked way too much shit about Tinder. <laughs> that's true. That's true. Hey, uh, listen to these horror stories. <laughs> Let's not be one of them. <laughs> yeah. Um, share the picking up one on Tinder, maybe. Yeah. Which one... If you were trying to if you were trying to slide into someone's DMs, what would be a good one to to share? Dating in two thousand and twenty. Oh yeah. And then be like, isn't yeah. this depress- yeah. depressing? Let's um let's break the mold. Let's get a few drinks. Yeah. And and let's try, cry to... about it together. Yeah. Let's in hold each other. Each other. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Done. You're welcome. <laughs> I lo- I oh, this is gonna sound a bit seedy, but I actually just love sliding into DMs. <laughs> All right. <laughs> it's, it's just fun. It's just. Um, What's, do you have like a like, go to like line? The, I like that. It's. I hated it before because I just hated the like possibility of getting rejected, but it's just so much fun. I just. Um, what do you say? I got a few things. I'll oh, see, but now I don't know how many people who I've slid into listen to this. Who have slid into. But um, <laughs> the DMs. <laughs> um. Yeah. I try to make a joke usually. I try to say something funny or I try to. I had one that I was quite proud of. It's a bit, it's a bit arrogant, but um, I say, um, oh, apparent because I've got a, I'm verified on the old Instagram, right? So I say, um, apparently the modern day equivalent of a, a prince whisking a prince in shining armor whisking you away on a noble steed is a boy with a blue tick sliding into your DMs <laughs> on Instagram, and I put a winky face, <laughs> and then um, it, it got some success, some success, <laughs> but then a girl, a few girls like. Put it on their story, and I was like, well, "Oh, I'm not, that's I'm not down with it. Like they they yeah. coloured me out, but uh, I was like, damn. I mean, I don't care. Like, I, I, there's nothing to expose. Like, yeah, yeah, cool. I did that to like ten other girls, but like, <laughs> you know. <laughs> um, no, that's um, that's pretty good. I like it. And then I had, and then I'll just sometimes I'll just say a joke. Um, but then once I did that other line about the you know the boy with the blue tick, and then a girl was like. <laughs> What makes you think I'll like you because you've got a blue tick? I'm not that up myself. And I'm like, oh, gosh. What? Hello, it's called banter. No, it's a joke. Like, yeah. uh, And then I, I, uh, part of me was like, oh, I want to. Did you say, please refer to my comedy? <laughs> I should have done that. Yeah. I was like, hey, sorry, please refer to my agent. <laughs> um, Damn, that's no, so funny. Yeah, that one was um, was just a bit. Well, it just showed like, okay, she's not very smart. So I wasn't into it. Hopefully none of these girls are watching this being like, damn, he said that to other people. That's. That's sad. Oh, well, that's the way it is. It is is what it is. Just be happy that you were one of them. Do you know what I love? What one I got? My friends all hated it and was like, this is the worst. And I was like, this is the best when someone would say, and I got it a few times and I still loved it, like seven times I got it. And it was like, all right, I'm here. Now what are your other two wishes? And I was like, that's that's pretty good. That's That's, a good one. I might use that. Yeah, do it. (laughs) Don't ask how much a polar bear weighs. That's the shittest one there is. How much a What? How much does a polar bear weigh? Enough to break the ice. <laughs> yeah, I don't like cheesy ones. Yeah. Um, I like. I, I've got. Oh, sometimes I'll just be like, "Why did the puppy cross the road?" And then they're like, "Well, I'm like, oh, to get away from the Chinese chef." Oh. And then just I like start because <laughs> I want one that's not too cheesy, but like it's a bit dark as well. <laughs> um, and then I just try to start bantering after that, or um, 
Uh, oh, I'm giving away so many mistakes. No, this one is a very common one I use, but whatever, I'll say it. This is also on Tinder and that. I'll find like a piece of clothing and be like, hey, that's a really cute top. Can I borrow it? Oh, my God. <laughs> Don't do that. It no. works. No, you know what's really good is name puns. Like I am a – if someone says a pun to me, done. Sealed the deal. Nah, I shouldn't say that. I love a pun. The best one I ever got because making a pun out of Eliza is hard. But someone said to me, call me – Leonardo da Vinci because I can make you Mona Lisa and I thought Ooh. that was see that's like pretty good that's clever but also like a bit kinky yeah so that's exactly what you want you know you want it to be <laughs> clever and kinky. funny clever but also like a little bit cheeky of a yeah cheeky yeah cheeky. yeah um yeah well maybe I gotta up my um my uh I love these chats we should just change the topic of this podcast the DM game. <laughs> yeah don't ask yeah, that's so annoying though. When if a few times, and it's happened a few times where girls were like, and I get it, it's cool. It just because they're like, oh my god, he's a celebrity or whatever. But they'll they'll screenshot it and put it on their story. Oh. They're like Neil in the DMs, oh. and I'm like, mm, that's I don't like so that. Shit. Although again, I got nothing to hide. Like I'm not saying anything. Yeah, but it's not going to be a turn on. Yeah, Yeah. it's eye-rolly stuff, maybe. Yeah, it's cringe. Yes, or at the worst, you could call it sleazy. Even that, I don't think I would call myself that. But, you know, some people might interpret it that way. But nothing, like, bad. So I don't care, but it's still just... Yeah, I feel bad mm, for you. That happens to, you know, James Charles, that guy that's really famous. Every single time he messages someone on Tinder, it goes all over instagram all over the internet and it's all so bad for him he's like he just wants to get laid just let him <laughs> just exactly let him and it. do it in peace my man, god let a man get laid yeah Jeez. um <laughs> look i really again it's it's they're doing it because they're like oh my god neil's messaging me so it's kind of cool that and there way. must be pressure for you to be funny so i'm surprised can i steal your shirt <laughs> it's the best you can come up with they, it always works <laughs> No, but I'll act like I'm a gay best friend. So I'm like, oh, that's a super cute top. Can I borrow it? They automatically trust you then. And then. I don't know, but whatever a, it does, it, it works. works. <laughs> Unless they're just eye rolling and it's like, that's a bad line, but I'll talk to them I'll anyway. I'll just do it anyway, whatever. But um, we're on Tinder. We, don't, we have low expectations. That's exactly it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm not one for the. Because I know you were saying on one of the previous podcasts where some guys will just go in and be like very bold and, yeah. you know, I want to do this to you and, and that sort of stuff. And it can work. Like yeah. it can work. I know some uh, guys who it works for. And I think it works for them because they got some pretty good photos. I don't know if it's the line that's working. Yeah. Uh, but no, I like, I like uh, it being cheeky and mischievous. Yeah. Not. I don't like the cheesy ones. No. I don't like Stay the, away uh, from that. Are you from Jamaica? You're making me crazy. No, All that's that. bullshit. If you were a fruit, you'd be a fine apple. Like, no, yeah. man. Like, Cucumber? No, hate it. I, I, I'm not one for that. Do you know what's a good one, though, is when people start off being like um, select from A, B, C, D, E, and they kind of like have date ideas, like here's our first date. Um, or uh, and, and because it's mm. the reason why it's good is because you can determine straight away so she's picking dinner and drinks or she's going to pick straight over into your bed. You're going to know what what she's after or what he's after and another good one i've seen is like um being like i've just come back from the future i'm trying to sort out a we're married now i'm trying to sort out um a fight we had what did we do in our first date we can't agree on it and then she'll be like well you you took me for drinks and we did this and then there you go Mm. first date planned 
I don't know about that second one, but the first one is good because if you're just too bold and you're like, hey, do you want to come over? Then that's that can yeah. be a turn off. But if it's if it's in the options, then you can get a good gauge. Of yeah, what, and you what can literally put for. in your options, talk back and forth for weeks and never meet. <laughs> People will just be like, yeah, that one. Oh, that's a good one. <laughs> yeah. We got to do a. You know what? We should actually do a podcast just on um uh tips for slide should we just make it this podcast first we're already halfway through i mean <laughs> going on about it for so long what were we yeah well, look <laughs> i feel like what else is there i mean i'm trying to think what it is the, it is the way people a lot of uh how people initiate dating nowadays yeah and um like i said i like it i think it's fun um and I don't know what it's like for a, for a girl. I mean, I got a sort of taste of it when you told me about how, <laughs> well, when I saw that one girl's um, Insta DMs yeah. and then previous, you know, when I've been seeing girls, they'll show me and I'm just like, the first time I saw it, I got actually got a bit offended. I was like, well, hang on, why is that happening? But then now I'm like, it's just how it is. Like yeah. if, if she's a, a girl <laughs> yeah. and is on Instagram, um, there's just going to be hundreds in there. Yeah. And seeing some of them, I'm like, oh, man, some of them are so lame. Mm-hmm. Then again, if my maybe my shirt one's lame, but... The Chinese you know, dog thing. <laughs> I don't like oh, it. I think it's, I think it's <laughs> funny because it's like, uh, you know, it's not a totally cheesy joke. It's just like... A, a little bit of dark. Well, you don't like it because you're a vegan. <laughs> That's why you don't like it. So it's it won't work me. on you, but... <laughs> Um, I'll be like, what, it's like a little a... bit. It's not a yeah. Some people would say it's a racist joke nowadays or whatever. But um, mm-hmm. look, if they it's good, then it's like all right. You got if you laugh at that, then you will probably laugh at my sense yeah, of humor. Yeah, that's true. So, yeah. Um, Fair. But I definitely like that option one. That I might use yeah. that. I'll report. Let us know I'll how it goes. Yeah. yeah. Do a study <laughs> for oh, our podcast. Man. You should seriously. Uh, what what sh- what should the study be? Like, um, say it to. 30 people yeah. and let's determine which options they picked and what the success rate was and what most girls did. Can you match with 30 people? Yeah, John. Oh, yeah, it, 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 it won't be as quick <laughs> as it is for girls, I bet, but yeah. um, I can, yes. Um, yeah, do it. Oh, it's just so much effort. I don't want to. <laughs> oh, my gosh. It'd be so interesting. Wanna, um, you know, I just want to get to the drinks part. Don't want to do a study, right? Um, and not, you know. Preferably more than that too, but yeah, we'll see. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, maybe maybe I'll do it one day. A study of uh, I feel like there's so many other factors at play. You know, what does she want at the time? Uh, how is she feeling? And his profile. I could imagine. You know, if Chris Hemsworth or someone was on Tinder, he could say the most rubbish line. But a lot of people probably would, still would just be work. Like, yeah. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> He's just a bit dumb. That's okay. Yeah. <laughs> Look how beautiful he is. Yeah. And yeah. vice versa as well. You know. Oh yeah. If um, I don't know, Ariana Grande slid into my DMs, I don't care what she'd say. I'd be like, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm down. I often hear though that uh, my guy friends tell me that it, the, sometimes women on on Tinder can be very dry, like minimal responses, like "How are you going? Yeah, good. You like that kind of thing." But I think it definitely goes both ways. But I do hear that like as a very common complaint from my guy friends. Do you experience that? Um, yeah, occasionally. Um, uh, because I guess they don't. Ha- well, they don't have to be because there's probably like so many guys messaging them. Yeah. So I find Bumble. That's the one where the girl has to message yeah. first. 
more often than not, it's just like, hey, and I'm like, oh, what the hell? Wow. Like, really? That's what it's like when yeah. you message first? Yeah. Um, but look, at the end of the day, a lot of it just does come down to the profile, hey? Mm-hmm. <laughs> if they are dry, you, you're willing to put put up with more dryness uh, if they are if they have a better profile, you know? It's an unfortunate fact hot of life. is what you mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah you know. If they tickle your fancy. Yeah, um, it's an... It's, 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 it's a, it is a fact of life, though. I mm. think a lot of people would uh, be in the same boat there. Um, <laughs> but this has been the longest introduction of our life. Oh, you we, should listen to my uh, the Neil and Jordan <laughs> podcast. It's like thirty minute banter, <laughs> and then the, the actual oh, really? serious issue is like twenty minutes, <laughs> and then we title it that. <laughs> so good. Should, I need to watch them. Um, but we are going to talk about. Well, we'll put. I, I do like the idea of putting uh, DM slides into another podcast. So we'll put Let's that one that. in the future. Message us with uh, any interesting, um, even screenshots. Yes, or send us screenshots, please. That would be that. funny. Yeah. Um, or just slide into our DMs, quite literally. Uh, yes. But you wanted to talk about raising woke kids. Yeah. It's a good one. I like that. I yes. like that. And, and as people who follow me would know, I've. Made a lot of comedy, basically just making fun of <laughs> woke people. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's in the consciousness a lot more now than it even was four or five years ago when I was making the most comedy about it. Yeah. It had a bit of a lull, I thought, in 2018, 19, and a lot of other political, economic factors are at play. So this is just, you know, you could do 10 podcasts on this. Yeah. Um, but on raising kids specifically, that's really interesting because uh, you hear a lot about, you know, raising gender neutral kids or yeah. um, putting kids, uh, giving kids hormone treatment and, and puberty blockers. And it's uh, it's confronting and it's challenging. And it, you know what? I don't I don't like um, the idea of puberty blockers or hormone treatment for kids. Um I think if if a if a child says you know refer to me as this pronoun or or something like that I you know I think that's fair and fine, mm-hmm. but it's a very controversial topic, isn't it? It, it is. is so. It's very tricky because you know once by the time you become an adult where you can kind of consent to those things, you've you've developed features that are yes. of the other gender that you don't associate with. That's true. But then what if you make this decision and then and then go back on it? But, you know, statistically, yeah. you're much less like, – once you've decided you're transgender, 95% of people will stay in that gender that they associate with. It's not common for someone to revert back. But it's the people that do revert back that people are like, this is why it's so dangerous to let children do this, that, and mm. the, the health aspect of it and surging hormones into a kid. What's the long-term effects of that? We don't know because it hasn't yeah. been around long enough. No, I don't – I don't um... – I think parents should have the right to do it. Yeah. I wouldn't do it for my kids, no. Yeah, I probably would. <laughs> okay. I well, don't that's know. something yeah. if, you, if you were going to marry uh, someone, you'd probably have to talk about that now. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I don't know. I, I, I haven't thought about it too much, but um, I used to 
run an LGBTI support group for kids. So I have a very okay. big soft spot for them, yeah, especially course. transgender kids. Um, but I guess actually an interesting little story about this, which kind of comes into this woke culture. So I used to work mm. at a, um, a youth center a few years ago where kids were just like 50 kids a day would pop in, play games or whatever. And there was this one group of kids, there was five of them. And they were all at the time kind of, they were a little bit like cool, but the outsiders mm. and... Um, the equivalent of like what we would have like emo kids back in our day um, and just a bit unique um, and quiet. But what was interesting is one of them, when I met them, they were 14 or 13 and they were all um, like straight identified. They all had girlfriends yeah. and boyfriends. And then one of the kids came out as transgender. Mm -hmm. Then the other kid, another one came out. And then within two years, the entire group of five of them had come out as transgender and were mm. or, or gender neutral okay. and it was okay. really interesting i was like did they subconsciously get drawn to each other um just having not knowing this thing but then got the confidence to do this or did they how much of an influence did they have on each other because mm. they were so close and so enmeshed this group but or uh another possibility is how much uh of 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 their encouragement to um to either transition or to identify as transgender is due to the fact that it is very prevalent and yeah. we are talking about it a lot more than we ever have mm. and maybe you know kids are very you know your your brain hasn't fully formed yeah. you, you don't know what you want it, yes. it's it's mm. i'm skeptical uh when someone that young makes definitive decisions like that, yeah. I, I just, uh, I know that, like you said, there are studies where once it happened, mm. you know, very few actually revert back, but. Um, yeah, it is hard, especially when it's something that happens when the kid's like 15 and they've never really mentioned it before. Yeah. You may as well wait a couple of years to see if it's a little bit for the kids that have been like I've been you know I was I was born a boy but I've been a girl since I was four years old mm -hmm. and it's been 10 years and I've got my hair down to here I've I've only no one's ever known me to be a boy um since I was a toddler I think that that's that's fair but you know what I don't actually know about the long-term effects of of hormone treatment no mm. one does yet so we'll see how that goes but yeah, it is. It is hard when it it happens, you know, at the, and most people do start to kind of question it um, around that age of like 14, 15, 13 to seventeen, probably. But it's also the age where you're much more likely to have significant mental health changes in your hormones. So it's a, it's a tough thing to consider. But no one willingly just gives out hormone treatments. Like it's very, very difficult to get. And I know a lot of kids have been rejected for that based on, have not being mentally stable enough mm. yeah which is good yeah i mean you hear very different views all the time on that sort of stuff because mm -hmm. i was listening to a lady who's on joe rogan recently and she was saying she lives in america though so it might be very different yeah. in, in australia and i'm pretty sure she lives in one of the more liberal uh culturally liberal cities in in america that uh the doctors aren't questioning the kids now they're just if the kid's saying yes i'm uh i don't identify with the the gender of my biological sex mm. there's no further analysis there's no sort of unpacking hey 
could it be that you are facing other mental issues or you're f- feeling that you you know you don't fit in and that mm. um there are other factors at play and you think this is the right option for you but it might not actually be um because there's a political aspect at play where you could be seen as a bigot or hateful yeah. if you question it so they're just not questioning it mm. and it's it's happening and it could be look i don't i don't know that <laughs> i don't i don't know a lot about this i don't yeah. it's not my area of expertise but uh some of the statistics i mean she was talking about just in the last i think 5 to 7 years like very recent very recently and it probably correlates with uh the the trans identity being so prevalent mm. in the public discourse uh underage transition transitioning and and identifications as as trans have increased 4000%. Yeah. Now I know that correlation and causation are two very different yeah. things, but it does seem like surely a proportion of that would be kids who are hearing a lot about this and almost see it as it well in in many ways maybe even fashionable. And that's yeah. not to say I'm not, you know, I'm yeah. not saying that I'm not attacking everyone in that community and saying, oh, you've just fallen for something that's fashionable or whatever. But I'm just very, uh, I'm just skeptical and it's 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 happening very quickly. So uh, that probably informs a lot of my, I'm not a parent, yeah. but I, I it informs my decision to to say that I think parents should have the right to, to um, choose that option for their children. Um, and it, it, it shouldn't be, you know, mandated by the state or anything like mm. that. Mm. Yeah. I think in Australia you have to go through like a, a whole lot of court proceedings and things like that to be allowed. But I guess that kind of comes down to, you know, the, with the kids that do do it because it's, it's trendy or it's different. That brings us to, I guess, the topic of, of these kids that are considering themselves woke um, <laughs> the way you said that was so work. These kids that are considering themselves that is so boomer. Well, can I just say, like the the word woke is such a broad yeah. term that anyone says to anyone who's further on the progressive political spectrum, right? So if you're uh, really conservative and someone is in the center, you will say that person's woke. Yes. And then if someone is very left-leaning culturally, but then someone's even further than that, they'll say, oh, the person's woke. Yeah. So it's just a, it's just a, can you define to me, what do you define as, as woke? It's having an alertness, <laughs> uh, like a hyper aware, well, not hyper, awareness and alertness of like social discrimination, racism, class that those kind of things yeah um just being sure, okay. more than aware but being wanting to change actively change those things mm, okay um but i guess the question comes down to is are we taking it too far like i've always considered like myself to be very um you know anti-racist and things like that but i i grew up with um summer heights high and that was my favorite show yeah and i was so shocked to see like with this movement now um and in the generation after us they're kind of it's been cancelled it's taken off netflix um because it was too like racist and i totally agree that yeah there were there are lots of racist elements in it he's pretending to be a person of a different culture but Mm. that was 
no one was ever really concerned about it when we were all watching that. It just never really crossed our minds. It's interesting how it's just yeah popped up. Um, I'm sure you could probably guess my uh, opinions on, on, that, on, yeah. on especially comedy and Summer Heights High. Yeah. I would even I don't agree with the idea that someone portraying a different culture is yeah. is racist. Yeah. Um, I think a lot of this uh, awareness of injustices and and activism comes from the newer schools of uh, sociology and uh, this particular branch of academia that, granted, I'm not a massive expert in, but I definitely know a fair bit about. And a lot of this is theoretical, right? It's not even in many ways based on actual statistics or fact. Um, I think there are huge elements of people not having a purpose, not having a meaning. And if you if you say that a large part of your identity is say, I'm against racism or I'm against sexism or I'm against homophobia, right? And you get an intrinsic sense of value and purpose from fighting those injustices, then you are going to have a bias to finding more of those issues when they don't, or at least maybe don't even exist because Mm -hmm. that is uh, interlinked with how much meaning and how much purpose you feel you have in your life. So uh, you're going to, you are going to be inclined to to say, yeah, Summer Heights High is racist. I'm going to fight against that. I'm going to fight the racism because that makes you feel good. That gives mm. you that purpose. And um, no, I've I've consistently from when I look when I was younger, which tends to be the case with most people. I would have definitely been on the on the side of. Uh, I wouldn't say I was sort of any any sort of activist or anything yeah. like that, but. I didn't think very deeply about a lot of those issues, mm-hmm. um, maybe about race uh, a little bit. Uh, and I was on, I don't like that left-right paradigm, but I, you could say, yes, I was definitely on the left on, yeah. on those issues. And then I uh, had a bit of a, they, they call it the red pill moment, although I don't think that's mm-hmm. a really a good term anymore because it's not even a, a niche experience to have. I think a lot of more people who have always considered themselves, like yourself, who have considered themselves... I'm very tolerant, you know, mm. I'm very progressive. Mm. Uh, they are now coming to grips with the extremities of uh, that aspects, those aspects of culture and of the very v- vociferous, vocal, adamant, um, fervent, and in many ways angry activism and and voices and 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 um the 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 very heated pa- passion that and and zeal mm-hmm. that's coming from that side of of culture or of the culture war again it's a that's a, quite a reductive term mm. and there's they're saying well hang on a minute like i'm oh i don't i don't always agree with a lot of that does that mean I'm oh but then I I was always I always just dismissed everyone else who was you know t- to the right of me but now I'm to the right and they probably dismiss me. So like maybe I've, and I had that realization a few years ago where I just, anyone who was um, basically conservative, I'd just roll my eyes and be like, you're just a fossil, you're a dinosaur or whatever. And now I just, uh, I've been humbled, I suppose. And I, and mm-hmm. I, um, I know this is a much broader uh, idea I'm articulating than just woke kids <laughs> as such, but yeah. it's, um, I find myself in many ways like on the right, like as a, almost like a boomer on some of these issues, right? Like I, 
no, it's not racist to like do an accent. It's not racist to uh, make a joke about a different culture or a different race. Um, even that term racism now, it's so subjective. You know, what's racist to someone is not racist to someone else. And all of those terms, right? Like se- what is sexist to someone is, is mm. not sexist to someone else. And and then there's the, the school of thought, which is, or you can't comment on racism unless you are a victim of it. And even that, no, I don't, I don't agree with that at all. Like this is, these are just topics that need to be separated from the self and the identity yeah. of the self. And they should be, um, it should be, well, open season to just for anyone to discuss these topics. Now, I totally understand that when someone's experiencing um, issues, they uh, have uh, uh, that experience can, can inform their views uh, to a degree that someone who may not have experienced said either racism, sexism, homophobia, whatever, might not be able to, um, you know, have that same understanding. Mm. But I um, I just think things have gone, yeah, PC has gone mad or whatever you want to say. <laughs> Do you get comments on, on your accent videos these days or not really because... See, that's the funny mm. thing, right? For a lot of people, this is a very new phenomenon. Like, yeah. oh, 2020 is the year everyone went woke. This has been happening for me since I started comedy. Oh, really? Yeah, since I started oh, doing, wow. I've always done uh, accents. I've always done different characters. And look, Grant, like I said in, in other podcasts, I am not above criticism or something. Yeah. You know, if you think, if you feel like my uh, impressions or my accents or my jokes are hateful or uh, offensive, I can't sit there and say oh, you're not allowed to you're not allowed to criticize me you're not allowed to voice your opinion do it I just think there's a lot of people that are sort of falling into this um large group and this uh herd mentality mm-hmm. where uh we are um tarnishing creators and creatives who may have made what could be perceived as a bad joke or a, a very subjective joke or uh an article or whatever it may be and just um, painting them with the same brushes on mm. up. They're part of the problem. And that, well, they're not like, there's no fact to any of this, right? This is all this kind of uh, very subjective ideas about um, activisms and, and systems mm. of oppression and racism that, that you, you hear those terms thrown around a lot. And mm-hmm. it, a lot of it, I don't there's a there's you know when you listen to the thought leaders on these subjects they're interesting and it's good to listen to them um Ta-Nehisi Coates is good when he Mm. talks about you know the Mm. black experience in America a lot but then the average person who's espousing this sort of stuff on social media I don't have a lot of time for I really think that they may be misguided or they're they're people who are just a bit resentful and they're latching on to something uh, that, that's giving them a purpose, that's giving them meaning in their lives. And I think um, those sorts of problems of um, uh, racism, sexism, homophobia, which again, very broad and vague terms, mm. right? I think there are things to talk about and issues still exist, but they are vastly overstated. And a lot of it is so subjective that we can't create these really, we can't, we can't sort of ascertain or um, develop objective concrete ideas about one how to fight them and then also we need to talk about you know if if policies are introduced and things what are the consequences of those policies and can't just tear everything down and then 
expect this utopia to to be created because it's that that shows a very uh um narrow understanding of human nature i think but anyway um <laughs> yeah i can see you're Big, very passionate yeah about this. Well, yeah yeah, yeah. Oh, if you look at yeah my content and that i yeah. mean it's it's and it's a fair it, it, because when you're when you occupy the space not just comedy but mm. the sort of comedy i do right which is in many ways very similar to chris louis character acting yes, right and yeah. what we do is we like create very exaggerated versions of particular yeah. archetypes that you see in society to yeah. yes poke fun at them but yeah. um so again, like I said in that podcast two two weeks ago, right? Like it's obviously something I'm very passionate about. But mm-hmm. um, no, I've 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 spoken for a lot here. So like you've come from a very different background. You've said you've come from um, working at a LGBT center, mm-hmm. and um, your profession is is much more about care and and like you know helping people mm-hmm. and really making sure that they're they're not unnecessarily hurt. So there might be some interesting points of um of um disagreement here. So tell me tell me like your experience, um first of all with maybe the the activism side of things and mm. and 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 your politics even and then mm. what made you um have that moment where you thought wow the the generation younger than us or society at large now has has gone so far that even I can't necessarily get on board yeah, with it. Yeah, it is. I think for, for the last point, just being like looking at the videos on TikToks and like my algorithm is like sending me the same thing clearly, but <laughs> it's like the amount of like um, youth that has millions of people liking videos on um, like conspiracies, like we're a simulation and this kind of thing and yeah. it's our soul's purpose and we've been sent like all this stuff. Um, cancel culture is so huge. Like, what happened on like YouTube with the James Charles and then the Jeffrey Star and then Shane Dawson, like mm-hmm. their careers were like ruined. Um, and people are canceling celebrities for things that, and I'm not, I'm not saying that I'm not siding with the celebrities or anything, but they were canceling celebrities for things that happened 10 years ago, things yeah. that they had said, which is very interesting. But I actually experienced this, just um, a couple of days ago. Tell me what your thoughts are on this. So Mm -hmm. I'm part of this um, massive group. It's got 10,000 people in it. Like it's a vegan thing. Um, And (laughs) it's a vegan thing. (laughs) You're not, you can't be there. It's elites only. No, and it's literally just Sydney vegans and people just post like restaurants and stuff that have cool vegan menus Mm -hmm. um, and things like that. And uh, one restaurant posted the owner posted into the group saying hey there's a deal on here at my vegan restaurant Mm -hmm. and then his um his profile is public Mm -hmm. and it wasn't his it wasn't the restaurant's profile it was the owner's personal profile and so you click onto the profile and he had all these um like transphobic jokes uh, or comments he made jokes about like child um pornography he was like had trump 2020 all over his um facebook he made like xenophobic comments things that were pretty racist about covid he was saying covid's like shouldn't be wearing masks and like covid's not a thing all this stuff and so someone um like it was actually made of mine posted after into the group Mm -hmm. saying hey just wanted you to know you know this is a very popular vegan restaurant um however these are the kind of things that the owner is supporting Mm -hmm. sent put screenshots 
this is from his public profile. Um, no hate, just letting you know that you might not want to go there if you don't support those things. Otherwise, that's cool. Mm. Anyway, so uh, this guy and the owner ended up getting this huge, huge fight that went on for days on, on Facebook Messenger, on Instagram, where um, the, the vegan guy, my mate, was saying, look, just say you're sorry and, and I'll take down the post or say that you want to like educate yourself and take down the post because how can you be like advocating for yeah. like this vegan movement when you support these, 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 and this things. And another part was that the um, chef was, uh, the owner was posting all this um, Pete Evans stuff who's like the most anti-vegan chef yeah, <laughs> there okay. is. And so the owner then kicked off and was like, I'm suing you for defamation. Mm -hmm. And if I see you, I'm going to break your face in and like put all these threats up. Yep. But anyway, because it was posted in this group, it got so many people started commenting on it like hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and then people started messaging the um the restaurant and then the restaurant released this like formal statement that ended up they accidentally put transphobic comments into their apology statement where what which was wasn't an apology they just said look you know our owner's got a twisted sense of humor but we're not um transphobic in fact we have a a trans boy who mm. we respectively call a she, mm. but that in itself is transphobic because if it's, if she is a she, it's a transgender girl, not a transgender boy. So mm -hmm. they kind of fucked up there. Anyway, so pretty much everyone just boycotted the restaurant um, because I think like a lot of vegans align with the same views on those kind of things and Trump yeah. or whatever. And then he was commenting saying, my restaurant was the emptiest it's ever been. Mm. the two days after that so it was kind of like this weird like he got totally cancelled um and everyone was not coming at him but just being like yeah i'm not going to go there but at the same point a lot of people were like i feel bad this is his family business he's just lost it completely but at the same point when people were commenting being like look just um acknowledge that you know what you've put up these like really racist comments or like things about child pornography is kind of offensive and hurtful and then he was like, whatever, you're all a bunch of tree huggers and Trump 2020, viva la Trump, like commenting that on everything. So, so is he a vegan himself? Apparently. But I don't know if he is or if he – well, he he says he is. Um, that is – um, yeah. first of all, um, that's very interesting that a person would have those views and then be a vegan. <laughs> like, exactly. You wouldn't expect that. And I'm very interested in people who hold sort of contradictory – I, or what you'd expect to be contradictory ideas. So I'd be fascinated to actually meet I, this person, to be honest. But um, my view and opinion of that, yeah, that's happening more and more. It's like no one's really done anything wrong there. Like everyone's within their rights to do mm -hmm. the things they've done. That person who saw the things they posted on on his profile, he has every right to post in the group and say, hey, everyone, just so you know, this is what this person has posted yeah. on their profile the owner has every right to say, no, I'm not sorry. This is what I believe in yeah. and I don't have to apologize for it. And then people have the right to not go to that restaurant if they don't like the person. I don't agree with that. I think um, mm. you, do, you, you shouldn't be politicizing um, food. <laughs> well, the restaurant and a vegan restaurant, if yeah. anything. Yeah. Uh, but pe I, people have the right to not to boycott things and um, – this kind of cancelling and, and it comes down to tribalism, right? And it also 
does come down to, I guess, people wanting to align themselves with other people whom which they agree with. Yes. Um, so again, the people like who have, I suppose, cancelled him, they have every right to do that. And I do feel for him in the same way. Like that's really sad if he's going to lose his business. Um, now I haven't seen these comments right. So again, mm. with these terms, like I don't, I feel like we I did a film on this right where the society that's cry that cries racism and transphobia and homophobia and like you know you hear about this person who said homophobic racist comments and then you see what they said and you're like no like the, right, it's yeah. very subjective right yeah. like I don't um and 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 and. The major thing there is I don't agree with this idea that like only a trans, only a, only a, you know, only a person of color can say what is racist. Mm. No, like I don't, I don't mm. agree with that. Like I yeah. think, and, and I would then also um, adhere to that mentality when it comes to like only women can say what's sexist, only trans people, only um, people yeah. of the LGBT community yeah. can say what's homophobic. Like I, they can say what's homophobic to them personally. Mm-hmm. I can say what's racist to me personally, but there is no objective idea about, you know, there's no real rules about these things um, unless it's sort of legislated that, unless discrimination is really legislated, um, it's not, you know, this whole idea of the system being racist. There's, it's, a, it's a subjective conclusion, right, because there are huge disparities between various groups. Now, there can be economic and there can be just other life factors and then, they the 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 conclusion that's subjective is okay there are disparities and those disparities are advantageous usually to you know whatever Mm -hmm. white men or whatever and then therefore the system benefits white Mm -hmm. men like no okay you've got to analyze and analyze this as properly as possible so that term educate yourself you know i even posted a video about that a few years ago like that is really um if anything that actually like triggers me right yeah it's it's like like, offensive it's it's like well you're assuming that if I learn the things you learn that, you, first of all, I might already know. And in many mm. cases I do, right? They just tell mm. me things that I already know. Then I will, the only option, the only option for a decent moral human being is to agree with exactly what you agree with. Yeah. And that's just, it's obscene. Like point. it's so narcissistic to, to think that way, right? And um, mm-hmm. I, 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 um, I do understand that there are some people that might just be less educated on on various issues, right? But it doesn't mean like they don't have, they everyone needs to have the right to express themselves and and that does mean that people then have the right to express themselves by boycotting or yeah. you know canceling yeah. a person, right? So really like cancel culture all this thing that's happening, it's it's I don't agree with it personally, but I don't think it's really anything majorly uh, disadvantageous or pernicious for greater society. So unless there are like laws that say certain things or uh, laws that restrict people's ability to express themselves and, you know, it's really interesting mm-hmm. at 13 years, uh, sorry, in 2013 or whenever it was, 2014, um, it was the then Tony Abbott government and, and George Brandis was the, uh, I think the attorney general and he, he said something like, you know, in, in Australia, people do have the right to be bigots. And I remember when I was younger, I think I might've been like, oh, this guy is just a fossil or whatever, but you, no, he's not wrong. Like people do have the right to express themselves. And now words are very different to actions, right? So if, mm. if you refuse to serve someone, if you refuse to 
uh, you know, give someone a job because um, of their uh, sexuality mm. um, or their gender identity. And then that sexuality or gender identity is not negatively or adversely impacting your job or your mm. your um, area of business, then um, that is, you know, I, I think that's pretty clear-cut discrimination, right? Yeah, it's hard. But then also, you know, on the other side, it's like, well, I'm able to express my opinion about this and that. But then we didn't let gay people get married until two years ago, which is so wild. Um, yeah. And we had to – the fact that we had to vote kind of on that still is, blows my mind that it's only just happened for Australia. Um, and that, you know, expressing these things – it's yeah it's kind of like it's a fine line i guess it's a, it's how how you express it and what you're expressing because sometimes you just hear people say the most outrageous offensive things and you want to call them out and sometimes mm -hmm. people should be called out and being like no it's, it's not cool and that's fine and yeah. everyone has the right and that's yeah you know there's a lot of um hypocrisy on the more conservative side of this where mm. they're like you know i'm not a i get called a racist and a bigot for the, well if you believe in free speech, they have the free speech and the right to call you a racist and a bigot, yeah. okay? So you need to shut up as well. <laughs> but like, Exactly. Um, I, uh, I, I, I do think that um, a lot of those problems and those issues are, are just, I don't even think. Like I, I, I've listened to a lot of podcasts. I've even done some reading and I, I know that these issues are just, whether, for, I wouldn't say overstated because the way that they're interpreted is subjective. That's what I'll say. And then as a result, they mm. become overstated. So um, all these things, you know, and it's crazy. Like I've been talking about this sort of, well, I've been putting it in my content for like four or five years, right? And just this year, it seems to have really, mm. you know, come to the fore. Um, but, um, you know, microaggressions and mm. all these new uh, sort of, the there are, there is new legislation and, um, hate speech laws have always been there, but even that, you know, it's so subjective and broad as to like what is racist speech and what is hate speech, right? So um, culture is very different to, to race, right? So like if I criticize the doctrines of Islam, that is not me being racist. That is me criticizing and critiquing um, values and ideas of a particular ideology, Right. So then that, you know, I, mm. but if I said, hey, I'm not going to employ someone because they're black. Well, that is racism. Right. Yeah. But if I said, hey, um, these particular aspects of black culture, I, I, I'm not fond of them. I don't think they're helpful. It's a tough conversation to have sometimes, but that is not racist. Right. It could come from a place of racism, but. I think there needs to be a it, it's it, I understand people are very wary of that sort of stuff because yeah. it can be a dog whistle and things but even then you've got to assume the best right like I think you've got to assume it's not racist until it's proven beyond a reasonable doubt that it's either racist or sexist or whatever you know fill in the blank term yeah. right um so mm. what what's happening is is in in trying to solve these uh social ills or perceived social ills that I do think are vastly overstated. We are hindering other major bastions of um, not only Western society, just like liberal democracy, right? Like creative expression, um, even the rule of law, all these things, right? 
like to, to summarize basically because i go off on tangents about <laughs> this sort of stuff um and we were talking about woke kids it's not even really about that anymore <laughs> is it um but i just don't agree with a lot of that broad ideology uh about what is racist what is homophobic what is sexist you know i'm getting comments on my videos about oh this is casual racism and things and and again it's nothing new like i've had this mm-hmm. see again like, like this sort of thing seems to be coming into the consciousness for a lot of more moderate or even very progressive people uh recently whereas this has been an issue for like oh so long i mean i remember doing a comedy competition when i was um uh 17 and i got i just look i got the most laughs and i was absolutely killing it but one of the judges was like, no, some of those jokes were racist. Now, Mm. what was the joke? Okay, like one of them was about how um, the Beijing Olympics, this is how long ago it was, right? Like the Beijing Olympics, the medal ceremony was really funny just because the um, like Mandarin just sounds so different to the other languages, right? So it's like the winner of this gold medal, Australia. Le vainqueur de cette médaille de l'Australie. And then it's like... That's very good. Yeah, that's just my observation, right? I'm just seeing that. Now, if you are a person who speaks Mandarin, you could, you can, and it is a choice, you can choose to hear that and say, you are disparaging our language that has existed for thousands of years by mocking it and making fun of it. And that's fine. You can choose to say something like that. Um, and then there is another argument, which again, I don't agree with, but that is to say that, hey, this sort of disrespect for different cultures and mockery of different cultures contributes to the racism and the, and the hatred of different cultures. Mm. There could be some truth to that. And in many ways, that, you know what? There probably is some degree of truth to that. But at the end of the day, right, like I am making a mere observation about something that, yes, is different. Um and what are we supposed to do in, when it comes to comedy, right? Like, I know I'm bringing this back to comedy as I always do. But, <laughs> I mean, it's not my job to, like, educate the masses yeah, about the intricacies right. and the nuances of various cultures, okay? It's my job to make people laugh. And yeah. you know what? The whole irony, and I said this before, is, like, people from different ethnicities laugh at this stuff, right? Mm. It's, it's like the woke white people... It's not just the woke white, but it's just like the woke. It's like people who did arts at Sydney Uni and like, you know, just think way too highly of themselves. Mm. They're the ones constantly telling you like, and, and, and they're just, I just don't think they're ultimately happy people. I think there's issues that they need to explore and, 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 and look inwards and try to understand about themselves. But anyway, um, what what do you, you know, Going back to, I suppose, raising woke kids, like you, obviously yeah. you want to raise your kids to be in- inclusive and all that. Mm. But I really think, I, I just don't know um, what you need. How, how would you uh, define, how, how, how do you think it looks like raising a child who is inclusive and loving and, and compassionate and kind to other cultures but not um, taking it to a degree where it then almost becomes hateful and tribalistic and and doesn't allow the space for people to change their minds or admit 
perceived mistakes, which I also think in many cases, when I look at these individual cases of cancellation, I'm like, it's not even a mistake. It's not even a hateful mm. thing to say. So mm. it's all very, very subjective. Um, <laughs> tell me your, you know, you go on now for like <laughs> however long I've gone on about, um, <laughs> yeah. you know, how to raise a woke child. <laughs> it's hard. It is. It's hard because, you know, you do want to raise your kids to be compassionate and aware. And you do want to have, you know, be able to say to your kids, if you say something wrong, call it out. Like, that's what I'll say to my kids. But at the same point, we have to be cautious, like particularly for like teenagers and and with social media. And there's just this mass movement of um, like, for example, everywhere I look now, it's men is trash. White men are trash. And, you know, it's. It's, there's a difference between supporting minorities and groups that, you know, have a disadvantage and being like, you know, I, I will advocate for them and I will do my part in, in, not, um, in not adding to racism or whatever. But at the same point, blaming these other groups and putting hate on those groups is in ourselves. We're, we're adopting the same things that we're going yeah. on again about saying like, we can't do this. We can't hate this group. We can't whatever. We're, we're doing that as well. Um, and I just see it all over the internet these days. And it was, I just think it'll be so interesting to see what the kids are going to be like when they're, um, you know, our age. Well, what- How are they going to be in life? Are they going to be completely sensitive? Are they going to be very unhappy because everything hmm. is is wrong with, with society? Well, yeah. I mean, I'm sure yeah. the people 10 years older than us would have said the same thing to yeah. us when we were 15 to, yeah. to 18. But it's really gone to another degree with this next the, the kids i guess 10 years younger than yeah. ours although the, the 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 partisan nature of it as well i mean i see kids on tiktok kids like 14 15 year old kids mm. with the trump hats and being conservatives and talking about all that and it's like i never even thought about that at 15 yeah. i did sort of start to become politically conscious around that age but never would i have thought of to to you know put on either a labor or liberal mm. flag in my room and be yeah. like yes tony abbott or yes julia gillard like no. that's just bizarre to even yeah. think that they but america's very different and especially right now they can't help but um get immersed in it uh, i'm sure if i was a teenager these days i would be um much more politically aware and then i don't think they're even that politically aware. i think they've just chosen a, a, a side that mm. best suits or a trend. The, the idea of their political party that just best suits mm-hmm. them and then they've kind of fallen into that. Um, but to go back to, I guess, the... Um, what? Um, sorry, did you have a... Uh, you, <laughs> what were you saying about... Um, so you were saying what, what are the kids that are 15 today going to be like when they're 25? Yeah. But before that, what were you... Were you saying that... Maybe we're sort of overdoing. Yeah, we're we're just we're we're trying yeah. to find too many problems that might not even exist. I don't know how I w- I feel about it to be honest because there's been some things about it like you know that I've actually loved. Like I love that our youth started calling out climate change, and mm-hmm. I think that was amazing that that happened. And yeah, the police brutality and Black Lives movements that united so many people was a very powerful movement i think that's kind of what started this yeah the that's what people are saying that started woke culture um oh no it didn't but like what's really kicked it off for this year i mean like what's made it so trendy but i do wonder you know with with this kind of 
lens of life where that becomes, like you said, our identity and something that we're hyper aware of and we hyper focus on. It's so important to be acknowledged, like how we contribute to these things and that, you know, this isn't okay and this isn't okay. And these people are experienced much more disadvantaged than we would, blah, blah, blah. That's great. But mm-hmm. when it's all you think about, all you action and all, all you, your whole entire life is based around that, you also have to think about how that impacts on your own mental health and how you perceive the world around you um, and the long-term effects of that. Yeah. Um, so I, uh, sorry, were you going to say anything more? No, go. Okay. So I agree with you, but like mm. the, I don't think you truly fathom the extent of this ideology, right? So what people will say to who are like fully immersed in that ideology will say to you is that as a privileged white woman, you can't actually, that's a privilege to be able to say, I'm going to detach from it and like, yeah. you know, focus on my mental health, which is wrong, but uh, yeah. you know, that's what they'll say. And then this whole uh, going back, that's what I was going to say, which I forgot, right? Like when you're saying, Hey, don't, if you say things like men are trash, white men are trash, you're basically being the same as um, a man saying, you know, women are trash, right? And then, mm. no, because the ideology takes into account power dynamics and yes, economic his- history, which again, mm. it's not, it, it, they claim it to be true, but when you really, it's very subjective, right? But um, so, so w- like the tool of free speech and words themselves, um, advantages people who are already in positions of power. So because white men, straight white men, whatever you want to, you know, say, are already in positions of power, the bastions and the uh, structures of society will advantage them. So Mm. just saying things like um, white men are trash is fighting against a power structure which, Mm. which is violence towards underprivileged groups so you so so their whole premise is that the the words themselves are violence towards underprivileged groups so when you say something like men are trash or when a woman says or like if a black person says white people suck or you know white people can go die or whatever you are fighting you are saying you are you know coming from a position of uh lower power lower status in a given structure and and a system I love those words. Mm. And you are actively fighting against that system and structure. So it's that whole idea about white silence is violence. And I saw that yeah. a lot on Instagram, which is the the premise that um, unless you are actively calling out the racism that exists against black people, you are contributing. You are basically contributing to it because you're allowing a system that perpetuates violence against black people to exist. Now, it's it's not true. Like, if you actually... I, I can send people... You know, Coleman Hughes is really interesting on this issue, right? I'd recommend people listen to his podcasts. Um, Sam Harris did a really great, fascinating podcast on this. Um, and then we might even put that in the link, right? And, 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 and these are not, like, far-right figures or anything like... And even if they were, like, that whole idea that you can tarnish someone by like oh, well they're just right wing like well that's not an argument like you got to then actually debate them right mm-hmm. in many instances a right wing approach to well an economic issue could it could be the better approach right so you got to actually say why them being right wing is not a good idea uh, but you know when you analyze a lot of the statistics of um 
police shootings, even in America and things like that, they're not, it's not as ironically black and white as you think it is. And also, um, how much does race really play a factor, right? Like there are some very interesting, I'm not saying I know the answer to this, nor am I saying let's dismiss anyone who is saying that race is the predominant factor, right? But I'm just saying that um, there are other statistics out there that show that, you know, um, African immigrants, right? So not black Americans, but African immigrants who are the same race, as African-Americans who are descendants from slaves. They're the exact same race, right? They're both black, right? Same race. Um, they have vastly different outcomes than um, the average. And I'm saying the average, right? This isn't probably even controlled for class and economic status and all those other things, right? Vastly different outcomes in the factors that are generally um, talked about that are that is well you know defined as the main factors of oppression right so there when you really delve into the statistics and analyze this um it's it's not as 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 obvious and as as simple as i think a lot of people uh are led to believe especially the ones that are always saying well educate yourself you know know yeah. understand your history or whatever mm. and then it plays into the however when what is so and and in many ways clever about this ideology right is that it plays into the very narrative when you argue against them right because it's like well of course someone from a position of power would be biased against structural change because the structures in place Benefits benefit them. you now yeah. then what sort of a, how can you if, if those are the parameters of the conversation right then you can literally never have a conversation with someone you disagree with because mm. then what you're saying is like anyone who disagrees with you is just like using that as a using the tool of um free discourse and, and free speech to um keep in place structures which advantage them and Again, it could look. There, there can, and in many of these things, there probably is a lot of truth to this, right? Mm. But it does sound very convenient, and it sounds mm. like the sort of mentality that, well, there's no real, um, there's no way to then be challenged once you're in that mentality. You, you are, you are a servant for change. You are like the virtuous social justice warrior that can never do wrong and you, you know probably analyze yourself and and look at you know maybe some of the things you've said and you've done and 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 question that mm. before you then go and like just berate everyone else right now again like i'm not saying don't call things out if 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 mm. if someone is saying a joke that you believe is hateful and things like i'm much more in the camp of like resilience is what we need to be instilling and not right. you know a culture of safety um and then the argument against that is that, well, you're putting the burden on people who are experiencing more of that hate and more of that um, mm. oppression to deal with it. To a certain degree, there's there's truth in that, yes. But at the same time, once you if you like across the board instill resilience among everyone, then that takes away the power of like all the sort of hateful rhetoric yeah. or anything that is even perceived as hateful. And, and, and I just think that's the way, and that that's also things can happen in your life that, you know, e even in this very um, progressive socially democratic um, societies, right? Bad things, people will still do bad things to you. You know, people are going to say mm -hmm. bad things, even if it's not to do with your race or your gender, right? People are going to, um, humans are humans, right? We're flawed. We're never going to be perfect. Mm. And um, 
on a personal level, people are going to, you know, even just the whole idea of a hate crime, like if someone were to like bash me up and be like, oh, brown guy, fuck you, you don't belong here and beat the crap out of me versus if someone just beat the crap out of me mm. for a personal reason, like I don't like your nose. It's like, what? They're, they're just as bad. Like I don't, I don't really think I would still experience just as much pain, just as much physical pain, just as much animosity, bitterness, resentment. It's like, why? Would you have done that to me, assuming I haven't provoked you in, in any way? Mm. Um, and it's it's giving people like, you know, this this sense of self-worth based on, you know, arbitrary factors about them that really don't matter, right? I mean, now, the, again, the counter argument against that is like, well, they do matter because they're made to feel different for it. But mm. again, I also disagree with that, right? Because... If you're, you know, if if a major part of your identity is say like I'm I am brown, I'm a woman, I am mm. gay, right? That's you're going to be much more biased to find um, animosity and conflict towards your identity when it mm. otherwise may not exist. Yeah. And also, you don't have to really do anything, right? Like if I'm just like I'm brown and I'm proud to be brown, right? Which pride is not the right word there. It's like I'm grateful i'm in many ways i'm just indifferent right it's just like my skin color um culturally that's different then you can be proud of being part of a even then proud is not the right word right i think we should be proud of things that we've achieved proud of things that we've done so i'm very proud to be a comedian i'm proud to do this podcast i'm proud mm. to i don't know <laughs> have a cat like these are <laughs> things that instill a sense of responsibility in us mm. and they're a major part of our identity now again it's not to say like if someone was actually attacking me for being brown or like um you know for whatever for my sexuality or for um any of these sort of classes that we're generally talking about right i would stand up for myself and be like no like actually piss off and if i wasn't in a position to stand up for myself um i would fight for it but it has to be a very clear-cut obvious example right and in many of these cases it's not and i think there's a huge bias that exists towards seeing um discrimination and oppression that doesn't need to be seen and doesn't exist because it plays into the sense of self-worth and identity of the people who espouse this mentality but i'm going this is just <laughs> me giving a rant so it was um, a good rant i was <laughs> it's it's come from you know be interesting because yeah. this is like the first this yeah. year is the first experience you're having of it so mm. you know in another 10 years we'll see where you're at yeah <laughs> you, you might be who knows we'll see how i'm raising my own kids yeah yeah <laughs> that'll be the interesting imagine one. that in 10 years you got like a one nation t-shirt like, <laughs> yeah <laughs> keep them out <laughs> that would never happen i'll be like i'll take every single immigrant into my home <laughs> you're all welcome here <laughs> You have to eat vegan though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That was um that was a lot, but very good. Very good to listen too to much, it. Probably. Very no, it was really interesting <laughs> to hear it from those perspectives. Maybe because in my circles, um, we do have that kind of I guess the people I hang out with, um, are much more likely to be like, it's never okay under any circumstances mm -hmm. and every single person must be putting all of their energy into calling this out or taking actions against it. And if you're not, if you've just gone a day where you've done, you've woken up, you've done a, gone to the gym and done a grocery shop, you're racist. 
um, or you're you're um, mm. you're part of the problem. Um, so it's it's difficult. No, like it's, yeah, it's, it's just not true. But yeah, like that is yes, that's the mentality. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and it's it's interesting how it's it's so so strong in our youth, um, and I think there's definitely pros and cons cons to it. Um, but we'll we'll see. We'll see what happens. And what's the end goal? Because the mm. dismantling the system that keeps down um, minorities and you know people of color and um, the LGBT community, right? All right, fine. Dismantle the system. Then what? You know, there's no. To me, a lot of this mentality there's not a real thought about what will then happen once something has been dismantled and and what about the system do you want to do you want to dismantle the whole system do you want to dismantle certain aspects uh you know when you hear phrases like defund the police i'm like well no Mm. i'm not in favor of that i don't want the police to be defunded that's a that's that if anything is coming from a position of privilege of people who've never actually lived in a crime-ridden area yeah. and know the value of the police. Yeah, that's fair. So it's just that doesn't mean that you don't want to hold police accountable. Mm. And you don't want better training and better, um, more a more rigorous process for picking police men and women, right? Yeah. But um, defunding the whole police is in is it's insane. Like I really. I just don't see the only argument I've seen that I can respect is, hey, by saying defund the police, you push the Overton window so far that the politicians have to give in and compromise and say, okay, okay, well, we'll just, we'll split up or, okay, we'll put more training, right? Mm. So that, and look, it worked. (laughs) So in many ways, I I can see that argument. There are some perks, like even the amount of people that were, this is a terrible thing to relate this to, but the plastic bags at like Coles right. and Woolworths and everyone was ranting about that for ages and then they actually did that. Um, that helped. Sure. Gay marriage, um, but- feminism, the whole entire movement of feminism. And I guess it's just make people, well, all we have to fight with is our voices. But um, Yeah, but how's that? But that's different to defunding the police, right? Yeah, like, but that's about changing the system like, more so. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Sure, 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 sure. We need the police. <laughs> yes. Yeah, look, but that they were very clear. Um, it wasn't just broad slogans of uh, mm. deconstruct the system or like, mm. you know, bring down the system. It was like, hey, we want to phase out plastic bags. Why? Because yeah. plastic stays in the environment for thousands and thousands of years. It doesn't mm. biodegrade and it mm. kills marine life and it's just wasteful. Mm. And what are the advantages of plastic bags? They're cheaper. Okay, what about the other options? Yeah, they're a bit more expensive, but they're much better. Mm. Fine. Okay, there was a very, like, obvious, Mm. logical Mm. and, like, clear, rational uh, um, reason for that. And 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 again, I'm not going to, you know, talk too much about that, right? But, like, at least my very rudimentary understanding of the earlier feminism was, like, you know... we're human beings and we want to be able to vote and not be seen as property because we uh, have the same capacity, at least on average, the very same mental capacities as as men. Mm. And why should we not be able to engage in the political process? It doesn't really seem fair and it doesn't seem we're living up to the charter of just human rights Mm. and and, and equality and, and fairness. Okay. It's hard to argue against that. That seems like it makes a lot of sense. Um, what are the disadvantages of that? I don't know. There's not really 
it's fine to like examine in the mm-hmm. same way the plastic bag was like all right it's cheaper but then this is far far outweighs the disadvantages the the advantages of i don't know you could make some sort of argument that like keeping women in a very clearly defined role is just more ordered for society or whatever but again it's a pretty it's a pretty hard argument to make i think um <laughs> yeah. and then and then and then gay marriage it's like well what what are the arguments for gay marriage um marriage is actually a legal contract and it's uh a right to be able to get married and it's um an institution that um is highly valued still in society mm. so in saying gay people aren't allowed to 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 um experience that institution and 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 have marriage is still saying that their love isn't as uh it's not equal to the love of a heterosexual couple now then the argument mm. against that is like well marriage is actually comes from you know the bible and i don't know uh, it, it, and and again, uh, they're like yeah. there's there's an argument to be had, and and it's fine to have that discussion, right? But these to me are like very when you rationally think about these, right? They're like very kind of they make a lot of sense. Yeah. The arguments, yeah. Um, but things like defund the bloody police, um, and I do think it's not like I just dismiss these things. I I'm yeah. like, all right, let me think about. It. All right, okay, no defund, no funding to the police. How do you maintain law and order? Yeah. So the problem then is solved of police violence. Yes, because there's no police. So then, yeah. yes, that problem of police violence yeah. is solved. Look at all these other problems that come yeah, up. Yeah, like domestic order, violence. Right? Like, yeah. So then mm. how do you then maintain law? Some other things I've heard which are like um, having a more community-based approach, which – but that's still – the pol- like you're just changing the name then, mm. but it's the police, and they need weapons because they need to be the arbiters of force in a, in a situation of conflict, right? Mm. Like if – if there's someone else with a with a gun, the police need to mm. have a gun to be able to maintain the law and order of a society, right? So I think the idea of the, having just implementing more training is is the best thing you can do. Yeah, absolutely. That's like, the best we can do within our capacity. Implementing training yeah. and um, understand, you know, like understanding that you're going to have a confirmation bias, right? You got to look at mm. the broader picture and the statistics, mm. right? Um, and, you know, just seeing videos as shocking and as horrible as they can be, look into the bigger picture first um, because, you know, we can... So, you know, the Mugtow movement could find a video of a woman bashing a, a man and be like, look how... Look at that. That's yeah, that's that true. confirms And they actually view, do right? that. They All the time they go on about how men that have been um, mis... Uh, that have been, I guess, arrested for... Rape and then like false rape allegations. Yeah. But and they're like, this is why we shouldn't support women or marry women. But you know, ninety four percent of rape allegations are true. There, yes, there are false rape allegations, but they've taken that one like, oh, it happens. Like they're not looking at it, uh, the exactly. bigger picture. Yeah. Exactly. So you can always. You, everyone's got conf- confirmation bias, right? Yeah. Hell, I'm probably not immune to that. Um. So. If, you know, confirmation bias is just you, you find evidence that already suits your opinion, ideas yeah. and your opinions. So, um, no, you can tell that I'm definitely against, um, <laughs> against raising woke kids, I guess. <laughs> I mean, I don't even know. Look, you got to define – I just – for me to, like, change my mind on these sorts of issues, um, a lot of these terms and a lot of these ideas need to be better defined. 
They need to um, allow the space for constructive disagreement. They need to um, uh, implement, you know, resilience and toughness and and the understanding that humans are never going to be perfect and you're always going to experience some Mm. uh, harm in your... And yes, some more than others, like, but we don't want to get into a competition where it's just a race to the bottom of who has it the worst. Mm. Um, So I'm just... If, yeah i don't i don't even i'm not even at a middle ground anymore like because i've dealt with this for so a lot longer than i think most people yeah so i'm just um jaded yeah <laughs> <laughs> clearly <laughs> i'm just against it that culture yeah. right doesn't mean i'm like now what a lot of people do is they 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 uh, are really jaded and um discouraged by that culture and they're like all right well i'll become you know, I'll vote for Trump. <laughs> like that's not um, that's not the solution. Um, mm. Although it, it really does help those sorts of political figures, mm. this sort of culture. Yeah, I mean, a lot of people are. I'm just, oh, fuck it, I'll just vote for Trump. Like um, mm. we're not American anyway. But I think I think in the last election in Australia, right? Like it was such a surprise. Um, and look, liberals and Labor are very different to mm. the American, very, very different to um, Republicans and Democrats. It's not mm. a fair comparison. But, um, you know, all the polls were saying Labor's going to win, Labor's going to win, Labor's going to win, and it just yeah. didn't happen, right? So, And then there was other fact, you know, Clive Palmer was there and all these other factors. So yeah, want to get into an analysis of that. But that culture um, this has been a- benefits the, yeah, if anything, it, it people just then go the other go the other way exactly hmm. it's been a roller coaster this one we started with picking up on tinder yeah i know and then it got very serious. very, very serious very very serious i think this is a really long one too <laughs> it, there was those breaks in the middle <laughs> yeah you know what i find really interesting mm. um this is something that's sort of related but not really when it comes to things like uh, what we talk about a lot in our podcast, right? Like yeah. being man, being a woman today, mm. or just you know dating and and sex and um mm. the the differences, um the aggregate differences between um sexes and and genders um in twenty twenty. There's a lot of commonalities between um people who are like I'm really you know I'm sex positive. And I'm, you know, really forward thinking and progressive about sex. And the people who are like really, really religious, right? Like they're both kind of saying, oh, I want, you know, there's too much sexualization in the media. (laughs) There's too much, you know, women like we're just having casual sex isn't fulfilling and it doesn't, you know, you don't get a lot of your needs met. And I I found that um, anyway, this is just because this I feel like you do a whole podcast on this as well, but. I don't know, I just thought about that. We should. That's and, an interesting um, one. Because even I yeah. was saying in that one about how men open up, right, like, hello, rap music, it's not good for <laughs> boys and that. And then I was thinking about it. I'm like, no, nah, hang on a minute. Like, I can see both arguments, right? Yeah. Like, I can see the argument where for rappers being like, yeah, I saw this girl at the club and her ass was so thick and juicy <laughs> and mm, I just wanted it or whatever. That's not a good uh, image but then I also understand the like creative freedom of um, you know giving artists and Mm. people 
uh, the license to talk about their sexual desires. And, yeah. you know, I would be lying if I said I was never at a club and looked at a girl and was like, damn, look at that or whatever. Yeah. So then, you know, if, you, if you're then provoked to write a song about it. Um, <laughs> Why just, the hell not? Yeah. So it's... it's True. It's... um. It's funny how there's actually, and then with like woke cult, like really mm. uh, woke and, and then also really like racist people, it's like, hey, we're going to define everyone by race mm-hmm. and we're going to always, we're going to say things like white people, people mm. of color and like just define you by your group, the group that you belong to because you're not really in control. You're not an individual, right? You're just part of this group. Mm. So it, there's this guy called Ryan Long and he does these sketches, um, and they're really funny. I've, I've shared them on my Instagram stories a few times, mm. right? But he compares those those sorts of things, like the extremities, right, of both sides. That's very it's interesting. Really interesting. I'm going to really, have to look really at that. Fascinating. Yeah. We'll do a podcast on it. Definitely, definitely. Um, but, yeah, uh, any, any concluding remarks? Because uh, uh, I <laughs> went on for that one. No, it was good. It was good. Um, I don't have a concluding remark. I liked it. Good. What's your concluding remark? Oh, don't get me started. I'll go another. <laughs> Keep it minutes. within thirty seconds. No, I can't do it. <laughs> oh, hey! First time a girl's ever said that. Um, <laughs> that's my concluding I remark. I bet it isn't. All right. <laughs> um, there we go. That's my concluding remark. I like there. it. Right. <laughs> Thanks for listening, guys. Um, check out those podcasts I was telling you to check out. Right. Um, just look up Coleman Hughes um he's you know i just look him up he's fantastic and then you can use him as a springboard to get into some other really interesting people Mm. and um subscribe if you haven't already speak next time see you next week